1: Jesus said, I see the Father working and I work. In other words, I get my marching instructions from God the Father. I'm second to Him. And Jesus said He would send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit fulfilled what Jesus instructed Him to do. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and that's where we get the first person, second person, and third person of the Trinity, because God is the God of order. The God of Order. Not confusion,
0: not chaos, but order. An important thing to remember. I'm Mike Trout. This is Study Verse by Verse. Welcome to the broadcast. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, where Pastor Leighton is the senior pastor. And if you'd like more information about us, we're on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Pastor Leighton is starting a new series today. And We'll continue for a number of weeks. You'll want to join us with your Bible if you can. The content, I promise, will be very rich. He's in the book of John, and uh, he'll pick up with a prologue in just a moment. When you go to the website, again, highlands.us, make sure you click on the contact link and let us know that you listen. That's highlands.us. Here's Pastor
1: Layton. We began our study of this, the fourth gospel, by being introduced to the apostle himself, the apostle John, or John the Beloved, as he often refers to himself in this gospel. The apostle also wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and gave us the book of Revelation. He began his relationship with Jesus as a young man in his early 20s. He's the only apostle that we know of that lived well into his old age, probably into his 80s, maybe his 90s. He was probably in his 70s when he wrote this gospel, and his wisdom and insight is evident throughout. Let's begin our time with a few minutes of review. The reinforcement and repetition is good for those who were here with us last week because we're getting started on this uh, study together, and the synopsis will help get people oriented who are just joining us for the first time today. We're glad you're here. You're most welcome. We're excited about looking at what God has in this book in the weeks and months to come. The first 18 verses of the Gospel of John constitute a prologue where he introduces some of the things he will expound upon later in the Gospel. It begins with the words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word translates the Greek word, logos, which we recognize as talking about Jesus, but the initial readers did not. In fact, John did not connect logos with Jesus until verse 14, and thereafter, now, he chose the uh, the logos because it was a word that was familiar to both people from Jewish as well as non-Jewish descent. At first, the Christian church was exclusively Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. All of the 12 apostles were Jewish. Um, all of the first converts were Jewish. It's not until Acts chapter 10. Acts is the book that records for us the history of the early church. Acts chapter 10 that the first evangelistic sermon is preached specifically to a non-Jewish family, the family of Cornelius. And uh, by chapter 15, we find that that church leaders are having to get together because there are so many non-Jewish believers that are coming into the faith that they have to figure out how to welcome them and integrate them. And then according to Barclay, only 30 years after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the non-Jewish believers... Uh, outnumbered the Jewish believers in the church 100,000 to 1. Now, non-Jewish people recognize the logos as the intelligence that brought order out of chaos and was the force behind creation. Now, when I say the force, sometimes that'll trigger a memory of Star Wars fame, and actually that Star Wars force really b- describes uh, that their, their concept of the Logos. In fact, they didn't think of the Logos as being a person, so it was quite a surprise to them when John reveals in his writing that the Logos became flesh, became a person. So the non-Jews had an understanding of the Logos. The Jews also had an understanding of the Logos, the Word of God, because it was the Word of God that revealed God's wisdom and His power. Uh, That was revealed at first in creation. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke it, and it came into being. His His words had the power to make things happen. It's interesting because there's a lot of similarities between uh, the first chapter of Genesis and the first chapter of John. The first chapter of Genesis reads, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters." And God said, let there be light. And so began the creation account. So John's gospel also begins with the words in the beginning and speak of the Logos as bringing light and life. Now, the Genesis account tells us that before any creation activities took place, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit already existed. Uh, in, in verse 1, it tells us about God the Father. In verse 2, it talks about the Spirit of God. And the Spirit, the word Spirit, is capitalized. That indicates that it's a reference to the Holy Spirit of God, the person, uh, the third person of the Trinity. When we got together last week, we talked about the Trinity, but we didn't talk about the third person. And sometimes we, as believers, we talk about the second person of the Trinity, third person of the Trinity, and so forth. Well, we know that all three already existed. So when we say first, second, and third person of the Trinity, we're not talking about the order in which they came into existence Because they've always been. So then, what are we talking about when we say Jesus was the second person of the Trinity and the Holy Spirit was the third person of the Trinity? And the answer to that question is this. God is the God of order and not of disorder. And God reveals in his word that God even has an order within the Trinity. Jesus said, I see the Father working and I work. In other words, I get my marching instructions from God the Father. I'm second to him. And Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit fulfilled what Jesus instructed him to do. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And that's where we get the first person, second person, and third person of the Trinity, because God is the God of order. Now, from the Genesis account, we learn that God the Father and God the Spirit was present before creation began. And from John's Gospel, we learn that God the Son, the Logos, Jesus, was also present before creation. He says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning is a reference to the beginning. It doesn't matter where the beginning is. However far back you go, the Word already existed before creation. And the Word was with God. Now, his statement here makes it abundantly clear that the logos is separate and distinct from God the Father. Now, the English translation doesn't really bring out the full richness of the Greek original uh, expression, which is theon. That phrase means more than merely that the, the two are with each other. It gives the picture of two personal beings facing one another and, in, and engaging in intelligent conversation it could be rendered face to face. The Word was face to face with God the Father engaging in intelligent conversation. So the the Word is a person, not merely an attribute of God or an emanation from Him. The next part of the verse says, and the Word was God. Now, some people might say, well, if the Word was with God, then the Word could not possibly be God. But John, the apostle here, sets us straight. This simple statement is perhaps the clearest and most direct declaration of the deity of Jesus Christ that's found anywhere in Scripture, although it's found many places in Scripture. And there are many who teach things that contradict the Bible. For instance, the Mormons teach that Jesus was a man who became God. They've got it entirely backwards because the Bible teaches that Jesus was God who became man. The Muslims teach that Jesus was just a man and the last great prophet before Muhammad came. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus was just a God. There's many other teachings that contradict uh, what the Bible teaches is about Jesus. 2 John, verse 10, instructs believers, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, that is the biblical teaching concerning Christ, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. Now that's contrary to what we as Christians normally do because Christians are normally hospitable towards non-believers, But we're not, according to the Scriptures, we're not to support or encourage or aid those who teach heresy and falsehoods uh, in any way. And the Scriptures tell us that they are ultimately under God's curse. So if we were to summarize then the meaning of verse 1, we could say, Jesus Christ is the eternally preexistent Word who enjoys full face-to-face communion and divine life with the Father and is Himself God. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Now, John doesn't add anything new in this verse, but he makes two points that are repeated from verse 1, and therefore he's trying to make sure that it's emphasized, and we understand it's important. First off, the eternity of the word is not to be overlooked or minimized. It's important. And the fact that one might be said to be with another clearly differentiates and distinguishes them. Now, it doesn't suggest there's any disharmony. In fact, John points us to the fact that there is perfect unity in which the Godhead is joined. God is the God of unity. God loves unity. He loves unity in marriage. He loves unity in families. He loves unity in churches. He loves unity in community. God is the God of unity. Verse 3, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, it's not an accident that John goes straight from his statement about the relationship between the Word and God to the phenomenon of creation, because the self-revelation of God, the self-communication of God, occurs first in creation. The apostle Paul, another apostle, also references creation as God revealing himself in Romans chapter 1. So what the Apostle Paul says is God's eternal power and His divine nature were revealed in creation.
0: Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, is our teacher on this broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, an Outreach of the Church. And he'll come back with more from the book of John tomorrow.
1: And so John records to us the words of Jesus who reveals that the basic source of all life is God the Father, And that God the Father has granted God the Son to also have life in Himself. All of creation receives its life from outside of itself. But the Logos derives His life from within Himself. He doesn't depend on anything else for life.
0: I hope you can join us on the next edition of Study Verse by Verse. You can find out more about us on the web at studyversebyverse.com or for the church Highlands.us. Or if it's easier for you to call, the number is 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout, looking forward to having you back tomorrow at this same time as we open the Word of God once again to the book of John and study verse by verse.